you ready for this one? I thought we were already going. All right, this is Rage Against the Pod. This is the weekly Rage Against the Machine podcast where every episode we dive deep into a different song of this band and we dissect it, we get into the nitty gritty of it and we have a good time. I, or at least I hope we do. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away out there in the ether is Jeff. So go to iTunes, go t- go there, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod. Um, and uh, let's just get right into this. Sound good? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any other intro. I didn't hear you yawn. I didn't hear you get bored. I'm getting there. You are getting there. Okay. <laughs> well, what are we doing today, Jeff? What song? Uh, I forgot now. White noise. White riot. White riot. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like Jeff said, we're doing White Riot by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, if you didn't know, this is a cover of uh, the Clash song, White Riot. And uh, the song originally came out in 1977 from their first album, their self-titled album. And uh, it was also the first single from that, that Clash record. So there's a little backstory on that. And uh, Jeff, um, what are our first impressions on White Riot by Rage Against the Machine? Did you listen to the Rage version first or the Clash version first? I listened to the Rage version first. Okay. I think I listened to the Clash version first and I wasn't... It was okay. It was all right. And mm-hmm. so I then I listened to the Rage version. I, I definitely like the Rage one better. Much better. But um, as my first impressions, I, this is a good... This is like a good surprise song to play at a show. I don't... I'm happy that it was never on an album. I'm happy that it never really came up anywhere else. I'm, but I'm also even more happy that they would play this live because this is a cool song when they play it. Yeah. From what it looks like, I think they only ever played the song once live. And uh, it was it was at the Finsbury Park show. Should we get more into that show and talk about that? Yeah. Because that also has some major history to it. Whatever you want to do, baby boy. All right, we might as well since I brought it up. So the, fin- the, the Finsbury Park show in 2010 was... Where you, what you just heard me play, that was what it was from. And I think that was the only time they ever played this song. Um, but this was a free show that Rage Against the Machine put on in England, in Finsbury Park. And this was a reaction to what, like a, a grassroots grassroots fan a, a grassroots fan did where they wanted to get Killing in the Name at the number one spot in the UK during Christmas time. Because normally Simon Cowell whatever group he's producing from the X fast X factor gets the number one spot. Yeah. So the fans rose up and put killing in the name as the, uh, the number one song for the seat, the Christmas season that year of 2009. And that song, what was released 19 years prior and, or no 18 years prior. So kind of a, kind of impressive thing that this grass grassroots thing happened and Rage said, you know, this wasn't our doing, but if we get it to number one, we'll play a free show. And they honored that. 
that's, and that's like, what they that did. to me is even more impressive than even just getting the that killing the name up to the number one spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His rage was like, "Yeah, we'll play a free show if we do this," and they yeah. did it. And then they said, "Okay," and they actually played a free show, like an hour. They play a free show, of banger after banger. Yep, and then they released it as a DVD after. <laughs> so awesome! Yeah, it's really great. And of what I was reading too, Zach was saying that uh, this show to keep it truly free and from any surcharges, they ended up having to burn a lot of bridges within the music industry and, or several bridges in the music industry. And it was very, uh, un, it was a very unpopular thing to do from the record labels. They were very upset with Rage Against the Machine for putting on a free show. And there was also a lot of backlash from the city and the UK itself for putting on a free show. I'm assuming because of taxes and all that kind of stuff. But they did it for free and fans were allowed in for free. The band made no money. And uh, that is super rad. Really, really cool thing. There's not a lot of bands that could burn bridges (laughs) and then still like mend those bridges just based off of like money alone. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like the classic rock bands, 70s, 80s, but like Rage, they could pretty much burn any bridge and at some point get back together or play another show. And those bridges that they burn, people are still going to cross them and and want that Rage money. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Love it. I love it too, man. It's great. It's it's a really cool story, and not many. I mean, like you just said too, bands wouldn't be able to do this to even play a free like a proper free show unless you're like a little DIY band. You're not going to be able to play a free show, a truly free show. Yeah. So solid, solid, solid output from uh, from Rage Against the Machine. So, <laughs> but yeah, so they that so they play White Riot uh, at this show and. Um, what else should we get into? Should we get into the Clash version? What do you think of the Clash Clash version? Yeah, we can just we can get the Clash version done pretty quick, I guess. Okay. Uh, it was from their first album in 1977. It was also in Tony Hawk's Underground. I don't remember that song being Tony Hawk's Underground, but I guess it was. Did you play that one? I never played it. Yeah, I played okay, at some point every to- like all of them, all Tony even Hawk games. the the last one that was supposedly supposedly really bad. Which one was the last one? I think it was Tony Hawk Five. Four, five. It was five. I Maybe think. I haven't played five then. Fucking ice cream What's man! That noise? It's ice cream man. Oh, go get something, <laughs> dude! Go get a little. I haven't heard him popsicle. in years. I haven't heard him in years. That was weird. Is it like a like the like the ghetto looking ice cream vans where like the vans like falling apart? And has it sounds like it. over it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Just from the the tone of it. Because we and, had an ice cream man over here like a month ago, and it was like a it was like one of those food truck types. Like there was no stickers on it. It was like a nice van. Oh freshly painted and had like a website on the side and but he still sold things for like a dollar fifty two bucks the last guy i saw to drive around our neighborhood was like maybe two years ago and he uh he had like an astro van like a converted astro yeah van. those what they usually use no but th- i've never seen an astro van. you usually see like minivans or like um <laughs> or what are those uh like econo econo ones uh i don't know like the ford mate used to make okay but I've never seen an Astrovan, and it was janky. It Maybe was super janky. My van knowledge janky. isn't up to date. Look up Astrovan. You'll you'll I, see. I definitely and you'll know what an Astrovan is because Ronald's dad had an Astrovan for the <laughs> longest time. <laughs> oh God. Gross. But yeah, Clash. They probably like ice cream, man. I don't know. Uh what do you think about their version or their original version of it? Um, it's it's fine. I think it's fine. I. I think that type of sound usually 
is the reason why I shy away from quote unquote like the origins of punk music mm-hmm. because it's just I mean we've we've said this about the clash before they just don't seem like angry enough they don't seem punk enough they're just kind of playing fast music when no one else was really playing fast you know three chord songs I guess so they they were there that's something again yeah. I don't listen to a lot of clash maybe I'm totally off the mark here but um I feel like I've listened to enough to know that they're just kind of like a they're just kind of poppy. Yeah, they're very po- they're more I feel like they're more pop rock than anything else. They just happen to play in a faster tempo because yeah. they have some good melodies, for sure have some great melodies. But I have always felt like everything I've I've read about the Clash and like lyrically I always feel like what they're trying to say is never really like it's never like you said it's not just strong enough it's just like they don't talk enough about it within the song like everything is kind of vague and there's only like a few lines like when you compare it to like a band like even dead kennedys or rage or or any other politically good politically driven band like they tend to talk about a very particular issue and they tend to be pretty explicit about it but the clash never really seemed to be at least from i mean my my little knowledge of the band that's how i feel about it yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I agree. I, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to the clash that I think screams out to me like punk rock. Like even Joe Strummer like had a a good upbringing and his parents were respected. I think his dad was like really respected in political yeah, he was like circles. A diplomat. Yeah. And so it's just it's. I mean, not not to say that diminishes Joe Strummer's legacy at all, because also Zach the Roca, as we know, grew up in Irvine, which is not <laughs> not the toughest neighborhood. Yeah. Actually, I think Irvine's consistently ranked in like the top ten safest cities in America. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> so it's crazy. But, but again, that doesn't that that yeah, doesn't really mean a whole lot. But I don't know, man. The Clash just—they never did it for me. Mm-hmm. Like they've never done it for me. And, and White Riot, this song, musically, it's kind of the same. This is this the, this exact like structure, this exact like template of a punk song mm-hmm. is the reason why I don't like a lot of like punk music. Especially shit coming out of like Gilman area, like the Gilman scene, like so much of it just took like this template, made it faster, maybe maybe a little bit heavier, but it was still this song. Well, a lot of early Green Day sounded like the Clash, just yeah. like more, maybe a little bit more distorted. Uh, again, I, but see, you love Kerplunk. Kerplunk I do. is essentially like the Clash two point Thirty Nine Smooth was definitely more this yeah esque. Kerplunk at least had better singing. Like Kurt had Plunk, better melodies. Kurt Plunk to 39 Smooth was was like immense. That jump was incredible. Yeah. Like we could probably never even have Dookie had it not been for Kurt Plunk. Like no, was, you're right. It was crazy. But you're right. Like Kurt Plunk is very, very this-esque. But that's probably about as far as I go. But I mean, Gilman also spawned, I know you don't like Rancid or, Oper- or Operation Ivy, but they, they don't sound like this. Neither of those bands do. Or you have a band like AFI came out of Gilman. Yeah, that's essentially. Weird. Uh, Tiger Army came out of Gilman as well. Well, a lot of early Rancid sounds like this. You think so? Yeah. I don't, so I don't know. Before before they kind of got into like the ska stuff, and before they started trying to pander to to their own record label and and trying to make big buku bucks, Rancid was very <laughs> this. But this song is just I don't hate it. I don't no, it's bad. not a bad song. It's just by whatever. any stretch, especially when you compare it to the Rage song. It it, it really. Rage just did it better. It's just one of those instances where the, the cover band does it better. Yeah. But yeah, the the original song is good. It's just not 
it's not better than Clampdown, the one we did a few weeks ago. No, Clampdown you know? was a good, almost a thrash, the good Clash song. <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't like them pretending to be punk, but while playing pop music, it was them playing pop music while being pop. And it worked. It was fine. It was great. Like, I don't like when they play punk style music that is that is actually just pop music like this song was and then try and disguise it as being punk and pretend to be punk and everyone claims that they're super punk and it just maybe the maybe the word punk itself has changed maybe i don't know maybe this was 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 super crazy in the 70s and again it's it's it's, it's a generational thing i wasn't there at the time i can only read about it now but damn like listening to these lyrics and listening to this song and yeah um a couple other covers i i listened to um, Dracic Murphy's did a cover of this. Yep, they're in my cover section as well. Okay, um, I guess we can talk about that later. And then also, did you, did you see the Rise Against one? I did. I did, did see that. I did listen to it. <laughs> uh, I did not put that in my list. Okay. Because the sound quality was abysmal. Okay. okay. And uh, okay. Okay. it wasn't good. <laughs> this it was shit. That song was on the same like B side compilation that they put out that also they did the the sliver cover oh really yeah oh okay because i was only i only looked on youtube and the only thing that came up was the was the live performance of it i didn't see that it was on the comp i think the dropkick version is live but yeah no the the rise against the rise against they they <laughs> did i think they did do a uh yeah they did a studio thing oh god horrible horrible band Dude. horrible band it, like given those two covers, then it's hard to justify anything they've ever done. But they have done some good things. But <laughs> they damn, those not. two those two covers were pretty were pretty. Brutal. Oh my god, we're gonna get into it later this week. Like even for me to listen, I was like, wow, dude, this is I can't. Even, <laughs> I didn't even finish the uh, the sliver one. <laughs> it's so <laughs> bad. Couldn't finish it. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 Yeah, I got some covers for you. Don't worry. All right. Um, what, what else should we get into? Oh, I did want to mention too, you, you brought up that, that a couple of the, or is that grew up in Irvine, like in, in a, in a well or in like a upper middle class area. And then so did the guys from the clash. And I, and I, it made me think, um, it's interesting, like two very pro active political bands didn't come from lower middle or lower lower class society they both came from upper middle class yet they're they're talking only about those being oppressed and lower class it's weird that nobody that they're as popular as they are yeah concerning where they came from i think i think rage may have a little bit more more hand a little little more just because i mean zach his name zach de la roca that's mm-hmm. clearly not joe strummer like that's not that's not a white person name, so maybe yeah. he, especially in Irvine too, which at that time I'm sure Irvine was predominantly white. Yeah, I think it's transitioned now into like Asian. I think it's predominantly Asian, yeah. But back then it was probably nothing but white people, and so he probably did have a harder time in Irvine than like you or I would. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I can I can see where that hatred comes from, but again, also you don't you don't need to come from a poor area to understand the injustices of society. You don't, but I, I just thought it was interesting. It is definitely interesting and, and strange that, I mean, you're right. Like two of the, probably one of the most, both of them, the most of, of the all well-known bands to, I don't know, fucking sing about societal injustices. Yeah, they are. They're, I mean, I can't think of two bigger bands than, than these two. Like legendary bands. They really are. 
Like you can argue dead Kennedys and, and shit like that, but they're not nearly as big as the Clash of Rage. Not by far. No. Yeah. But yeah, that, I just wanted to throw that, my little two cents in there. But Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, I guess we could just get it straight into the music on the Rage version, the music on the Rage version before we get into the lyrics. Um, I noticed uh, Tom's guitar solo. Yeah. Very short. Yep. Very sweet. Yep. Very stupid. Yeah. But yeah. it fit so well. Yeah. I loved it. It was it was great. I can't it's even do very it. Very basic. Mouth. And then he kicks it back in at the end of the song when everyone's just kinda like, oh, let's go for it. And it's everyone gets a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But what Rage did with this is they just they made this song almost how it was supposed to sound to begin with, right? They made mm-hmm. it more it was more gritty, it was like heavier, it was it just it, it sounded like it meant more to these guys than it did to the clash. Yeah. And I, that's that's bad. That's that's why the clash aren't aren't that great in like IMO. <laughs> IMO. They just, they just don't have that oomph that rage does. It's the anger. It's the literal rage that they don't have. The clash are just like a beach boys, but they play a little bit faster. That's what they are. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's it. It's with some distorted uh, slightly distorted guitars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. I, the nail I, on the head. I hope our, our fans overseas are just fucking turning in their turning in their beds right now listening to or this. anybody who likes old school punk like old school tom pop punk. old school pop punk yeah, yeah it's all it's i mean it's, the clash are essentially like the start of pop punk music i would say so i i, I say that's fair yeah definitely that's fair that's fair <laughs> that's good. also uh timmy c you got some good noodling going on he does and he really holds up the rhythm section well especially when tom's kind of like noodling or when he's um playing his cool guitar solo the one note guitar solo he's he's keeping that he's keeping that that riff going with the the really gritty bass tone great stuff but other than that i mean it's like two minutes two and a half minutes not very long Mm -hmm. i feel it does its job i feel they they only played that because they were they were in that area i think so too and and rather than play clamp down or something they kind of chose like a I don't want to say a deeper cut because this was a pretty popular song. But I think it, it it makes more sense using this song considering the what they were there for or why they were playing a free show. They were standing up against like corporations and standing up against the status quo. So I felt like this song was appropriate for that show. Cause that's what the whole that's what the whole idea was behind the getting that song number one to be number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But also, I did want to note uh, in the live video, Brad Wilk, B Dubs, he uh, he does backup vocals. Never oh, knew yeah, he did that. Yeah. It's weird. I've never seen him do backup vocals in any Rage song. But yeah, he, he, it was him and Timmy C. But Tom Morello didn't do any backing vocals. Nice, no, too busy. There's no time for that. Playing playing that one note solo. Yep. Way too busy. Working for the clamp down. That's that, so yeah, good. That's a banger. <laughs> Even that's the Clash so version. Banger. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that song gets stuck in my head all the time. Yeah, I mean that. I don't know. It's, again, it was a very short song. Not a whole lot on it. I don't yeah. really like the original that much. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get into the lyrics real quick. Um, just some a little side note. The song was written um, by Joe Strummer and uh, Paul si- Simon or Paul Simonon. Is that it? Is that I, a misspelling? Simon and no, it, it's that's how you said. It. Okay. He's the bass player or what's Yeah, the he's the bass player. player, yeah. Um and it was it was uh 
what am I trying to say? It was inspired by their time at the uh, the Notting Hill Carnival in 1976. The Notting Hill Carnival. Notting Hill, uh, where a riot broke out and shit went down and they wrote this song inspired by that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I looked into this carnival and it's been going on since like the 60s. And it almost every year there are issues like fighting or deaths. some shit or deaths or something like it's like at what point are you going to stop? You know? I, th- I think it's too popular. And I think the reason why the song was was written and because the year prior to this was kind of the first time like an actual riot broke out, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it kind of turned into like a like a Caribbean black cultural parade or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. And, there and was that's an, what it still is. There was an overabundance of police and they came down real hard on, the, I, I think their their intentions were probably to to keep the peace, but you know, things get out of control and, and th- shit happens way too fast. Mm-hmm. And so people were just like, just getting the shit beat out of them in the streets. But you're right, like over the course since inception i mean there's always fights people always getting trampled there's been deaths at some point later on like somebody got killed by like a machine pistol like a little yeah modified fucking pistol in a country where there are no guns like somebody was that pissed off or they like in front of everybody gunned somebody else down yeah i read too that when they when they introduced uh metal detectors i think like maybe five years ago or something like that when they introduced it they they confiscated something like 47 guns (laughs) it's like yeah like you said for a country that doesn't allow guns how are 47 people getting a gun at just this event i think you're good to prison for like a long time for even like having a gun do you really i'm pretty sure like i'm pretty sure it's not just i mean over here it's only like a misdemeanor usually because it's in our constitution whereas if you can't like like a huge knife then that's like a that's a felony but having a gun on you is a misdemeanor but think the nra for that but i'm pretty sure oh, like God. that's like a big crime just having a gun that's gotta that's be that's crazy to think about it's crazy maybe our our primus friend can let us know <laughs> what the what the penalties are even if he listens i i wonder if he even knows about this podcast i'll i'll, I'll tell him right now, <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> the the riot that happened in 76 that was all i guess the summer prior like there were a lot of crazy tensions between, you know, the, you know, black, black, the black community and the white community. And this was just the, the boiling point. And this is where it, uh, it exploded and shit think, really went down. I think he was there though. I think Joe Strummer, what he was like there at the riots or he was no, there. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So it says that they were, that him, that Joe and Paul were living in a squat and then they went to the carnival just to have fun, you know, and then shit went down and they were right in the middle of it all. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that a band this legendary, that these dudes were living in a squat. Like probably this not. Was, that was probably by choice. Oh, more than likely it was by choice. Yeah, especially considering who's, who Joe's dad was. Right. Joe Strummer's dad was. But still, like, they go from that to being legendary. Yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah. I felt. You feel. I'm just surprised you feel. I I don't feel a lot of things, but that I do feel. I feel so. I feel so mad. (laughs) (laughs) I love Tom DeLonge. He's so good. He's so good. Oh, shit. Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's just jump into the lyrics. Uh, It starts out with the chorus. The chorus, uh, 
working for the clampdown. That's a song. I um, wish. No, I know. No, but the, the chorus is pretty, it's a good sing along. I mean, it just says White Riot, I want to riot. White Riot, a riot of my own. That's the chorus sung over and over again. It's kind of a it's kind of a cool chorus though. I, I again, this one could have several meanings as well. Almost almost as if he has this like white guilt. Okay. And he wants to riot and he wants to do everything, but he feels like he can't because he is white and being from like an like a upper middle class family, like what the fuck do you really have to riot about? Yeah. So he, so he almost feels bad because he has all this anger, but he can't really like do anything about it mm-hmm. because he's white. Yeah. I also see it yeah. as kind of like a rallying call to people who who just stand by and don't do anything. This is him saying like we need to stand up and and be at least empathetic to the shit that's going around in society or going on in society. So I kind of see it like the, with the going along with the melody and the lyrics, I feel like it is like a rallying call on top of that. And then and then when Rage sings it, the white riot, it's almost like he's making fun of of white people that think the same way joe did right mm-hmm. yeah like kind of like seems like, like he's like like zach is making fun of white people that are angry about something but then know. don't do anything about it yeah that's kind of the point of the song is just people sitting back and not not doing anything yeah and that that leads us into i, I don't know why i keep sniffling uh that leads us into the first verse first verse and uh i mean <laughs> these verses are these verses are short. They're only like four lines. I mean, the song is short in general, but yeah, four lines to the song. And I don't know. The, it says stuff, but it's not, it doesn't feel like super deep. Like it's no. stuff that can be chalked up to like interpretation. Yeah. So like in the first verse, I think it kind of references various riots from from that year, not just the one at the Notting Hill Carnival, but other incidences. And um, it kind of touches on the views and then, like at the second part of the verse, it kind of touches on the public school system and how they're they're taught to be workers rather than getting a real education. So he's like throwing a lot at you at once in four lines. He's throwing a lot for you to think about, but I feel like that's where he needs to expand, or he needs to like separate songs lyrically, because that way we could really get the meaning across. But I don't know. I I, I don't really like this, his songwriting on this lyrically. I don't. I don't either. And again, I don't know a lot about the Clash to know if he ever got any deeper than this. But for such a touchy and and huge problem, these are very basic beezy lyrics. Yeah, and, but and, and they're held in such high regard. Me. Yeah, especially like the bridge part the, after the verse after the first verse. And this is really yeah. Everyone's doing what they're told to do because nobody wants to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> It's blunt, come on. But it, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't go much farther than that. But if the song was was like like if Rage wrote, or if Zach wrote that, the music would supplement that by being probably like overly either that you either like very 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 simple, or it would be so overly complicated that his lyrics would would hold more water, because you know we we know Zach can write deep. We know he can do deep things like this. So when Zach sings this, or when, or when Rage did it, it meant a lot more. Because mm-hmm. it's just oversimplified, and Zach is is done trying to get deep. He's just like, "Y'all do what you're told, because you don't want to go to jail." So that means something more, because we know he can go deep. I don't know mm-hmm. his drummer can go deep, because all I see is this and clamp down. And I don't listen to a lot of Clash, so that's all I got to base it off of. But this is not yeah. deep at all, and it's just it's kind of dumb. 
Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I, I get you on that. I, I was really expecting more when it came to his lyrics. Really, really was, but a little disappointed with that. But I guess that leads us into the second verse. Yes. Yeah. Again, <laughs> another four lines. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot of the same for me, um, and it, but it's it's that's like basic. It's just him saying, "People in charge are the ones in power." Wait, people in charge are the ones with money. I'm sorry. Um, And the people not in power are, you know, they're constantly talking about how messed up the entire system is, but they don't do anything about it. They just sit around and they never actually rise up and do anything. It's it's hard too because, again, generational thing here, but he says too chicken to even try it. Yeah. Who the fuck calls somebody a chicken? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a very like second grade thing to say, yeah. Like, oh, it's just so dumb. But again, in the seventies, maybe that was you know, like like a like in the Western days, you yella. People <laughs> people call each other yella, like in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe chicken was like the the wuss equivalent, or like I don't know. It just sounds so dumb. It's just so it stupid to sing the word chicken unless you're making a joke song. Remember in uh, Spaceballs when uh, when he says to Colonel Dark Sanders? Helmet, yeah, he says, "What's the matter, Colonel Sanders?" Chicken. See? <laughs> That's fucking great. That's one of my favorite lines in that movie. It's so good. Uh, Rick Moranis is, he's so funny in that fucking movie. He's the best part of that movie. Oh, I love it. Anyway. We're not, we got to get back to the. Yeah, back to the, back to serious business of talking shit on the, on the clash. Um, so, I mean, they, they do the chorus a couple more times, the bridge a couple more times. Then we get into the third verse. Uh, another one where they don't, he doesn't really say a lot. Like this, this is exactly what the third verse is. Are you taking over or are you taking orders? Are we, are you going backwards or are you going forwards? Basic. It's, it's cool. Yeah. But dude, it's so basic. And it's like something you could throw into two lines and then add like four or five more lines. This is, this is something you would write as like a 13 year old in your first punk band. Yeah, that's true. Like, dude, what? I get. I guess in his defense, they were like one of the first punk bands, so they they set the stage for what punk should be, and then twelve, thirteen year old kids picked up on it. and They're like, "Oh, this is what punk should sound like." So I'm gonna write a song just like The Clash, or Sex Pistols, who are even worse. Uh, but yeah, it's just I just expected more out of Strummer because I don't know much about him, and everybody speaks so highly of him. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I just don't get it. And I feel like we've we've done we've done enough clash like covers and things, especially from Rage. When when Rage covers a song, I I feel like at least Zach, there's not there's something there's some meaning to it. That song in particular, they don't just pull songs out of thin air. They pick mm-hmm. specific songs. For Rage to cover two clash songs, I felt like those two songs would be f- like great, fantastic. And coming off Clampdown, which I thought was a fantastic song, this one was just dumb. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't really anything great and like like i said earlier or what we were talking about earlier i feel like they only did this song because of where they were playing in london yeah so i i feel like that was the only reason for that but still it's just i don't know i don't or i think a lot of it too is i think a lot of it's nostalgia too with the band members because i mean i'm sure all four of the guys they grew up listening to the clash so playing any clash song is probably super exciting it's like it's like 
people born in the year 2000 aren't going to be super stoked when they start a band and they play a Weezer song. They're not going to, they're not going to be stoked, but you and I, when we play a Weezer song, we're going to be super stoked about it because we grew up listening to Weezer and we like Weezer so much. So I think it's a lot of it is that as well. It's this nostalgia. That's true. I still think they're boring though. (laughs) I kind of think so too. Degaff. Fight me. So I got nothing else on the lyrics. Um, I don't think you do either, right? Nah. All right. Let's get into some other stuff here. Uh, I mean, because it was never properly recorded. There's no demo, no alternate version. It's cover, no music video. I've, I think this is the only live video of it from that Finsbury Park show. Uh, Prophets of Rage, uh, the new or old band never covered this <laughs> song. But, but this is the first time on the pod where Audio Slave did a cover. They did? They did, and I'm gonna play it. I'm surprised you didn't you didn't find it. I didn't. What the hell? I didn't see that. Yeah, Audio Slave did it. They they covered this song. Hold on, I'm bringing it up right now, and I'm gonna play a little bit of it. And I'm curious what you think because you're not an Audio Slave man. So here's a here's their version of a White Riot. We love him. We miss him. God rest his soul, Joe. He's the author of this next song. See if you know it. Jeff no that was annoying that was awful <laughs> yeah that was, that was annoying it was like irritating yeah I mean he just he can't he doesn't sing the song it just doesn't sound good when he see when Chris Cornell sings it I mean he's a great singer but it just doesn't fit this song at all yeah and and I felt like Morello's tone his guitar tone sounds like shit on this too but it, his solo is different it's not just that that one note solo he actually plays like like a fucking scale but that's about it but yeah, yeah, that's Audio that Slave. This is the first time we played an Audio Slave, an Audio <laughs> Slave song on the pod. So there you go. That's kind of cool. What a weird song for for them to do. I know. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like that almost is 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 even more irritating because by Rage, if they only played this song once locally for a group of people that did something great, like that's awesome. That's that's fantastic, and mm-hmm. then. Audio Slave does it, and it's like, oh, what the fuck? Because it's basically just Rage. So that's, yeah. I don't know, it kind of diminishes what Rage did a little bit. Well, but but Audio Slave did it before Rage. Oh, they did? Yeah. Audio Slave did it in oh, 2005. That's right. this was 2005. No, 2005. Well, Rage did it. Rage did it in 2010. Right? I think it was 2010. And then Audio Slave did it in 2005. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So Audio Slave actually did it first. So got him. Where did they play it? Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to look back. Because if it was in the same place that Rage played, that, then I'd be upset. At the no, I don't think greedy. it was. Let me, let me look it up real quick. It's uh, No, it's Rock'em Ring. It's in England, but it's not. It's the big festival. I don't know where Rock. Where's Rock'em Ring at? I don't know. It's, I know it's in England, but yeah, whatever. So that's Audio Slave. Um, now, j- just some other covers that are outside of Audio Slave. You touched upon this. Dropkick Murphys did this. They played it live. Uh, this was with the original singer, and I cannot remember his name off the top of my head for whatever reason. Mike McColgan? Mike McColgan. Or yeah, he's, he's the vocalist on this, right? It sounded like Al Barr. I, everything I was, I thought I read it where it was the original band, but I didn't. I didn't read anything about it. I just heard on Spotify, but it sounded like Al Bar. But I could. It I could might be. I, I don't know. Either way, Dropkick did it. So here's a, here's their their version of it. Oh, where are my controls? There we go. But. No, that's totally Al or uh, Mike McColgan. Yeah, okay. I, I looked it up, and that's what everyone was saying too. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know what else. There thinking. you go. So there you go. Got some some original Dropkick Murphys. That was better than the Clash version. Uh, yeah, it was. These don't was. like the Dropkick Murphys. I know. I like I like the Dropkick oh, Murphys. You don't but like anything. No, I I do. I like some stuffs. I do. I really do. I really really do. Uh so. I got another one here from a, a somewhat popular band. I don't know if you found this one, but um, this was played on Jimmy Kimmel Live back in, pro- I'd say maybe 2004, 2005. And this is the Transplants. Oh, gosh. They did a cover of this. <laughs> and uh, man, I hope you enjoy it, Jeff. This is also two fourths of the member of Plus 44 play on this song. So there you go. So here's a. Um, well, hope it's Mark. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be sorely, <laughs> sorely disappointed. You're gonna be very disappointed. So here's uh, the Transplants doing their cover of White Riot.
How much do you love it, Jeff? <laughs> that was that wasn't terrible, dude. It's bad. I mean, I don't know. It's just who's singing that? Was that was that it was Rob? Skin was that, Rob. Oh. No, it was Rob. Yeah, like, it was it, awful. So bad. I imagine this at at like a like an indoor club or something, and they just play this, and it's overly loud. It's too fast. It sounds like shit. But everyone's having a good time. But they play this on national TV. Yeah, and that's, that's strange. Yeah, and you said it sounded fast. I felt like Travis was trying to play it slower. Like he was playing, he wasn't playing the drums right. Like he wasn't playing the right song. And it seemed like the rest of the band wanted to play play the song faster, but Travis was holding them back. So you can kind of hear Craig and uh, and uh, uh, Craig's the one Tim plus forty four. Yeah, Craig and Tim. You could hear them trying to like speed it up, but Travis is like dead set on playing it slower. So like you can, it's just fucked up timing, and it's just, it sucked, man. That was awful. I guess given that it was on Jimmy Kimmel, I would, I would say that it was kind of stupid, poor, poor choice. Yeah. But if I saw the transpl- transplants live, like I, I don't know, it's some cool like the Roxy or the Viper Room or something, they play this. I have no problem with it. Yeah, that I mean that's time and uh, time and place, but it's still overall it's not a good cover. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel is weird. <laughs> it's very very strange. Oh, okay. You now, know, are you gonna play the the Rise Against one? Oh yeah, I could play that one. I didn't even I didn't have that one queued up. But now that I know that there's an there's like an actual version of it. Because <clears throat> you love Rise Against and they do all the best covers. I'm on a ride. Wait, you sure it's on? You sure it's on Spotify? Yeah. What album? It's it's not. It's like the the compilation album, like the B sides and and things. So I guess Rise Against didn't record this. Okay. I guess Jeff is crazy. There's no Losing way I would mind. have listened to this on spot or on YouTube. Why would I do that? I don't know. Was I drinking? <laughs> I hate YouTube. I know you do. Something crazy. going on here. This is weird. Maybe maybe they just took it down on Spotify. <laughs> Highly yeah, within unlikely. Like, within like the last four hours. But yeah. it's possible. It is possible. Anything's possible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I got two more. I got two more covers for you. These aren't from famous people, but I do have a Spanish cover of it. Uh, it's from a band called Telephone, and uh, this is uploaded six years ago. It's 469 views, and uh, this is their their version of uh, uh, White Riot from The Clash.
is this version better than the original? Than the Clash? Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because it's sung in Spanish, or yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty much the same, but yeah, because they they sing in Spanish. I'm with you. It is better. It is better than the original. So that's that's telephone. Telephone. Is from, it spelled um, like a, like American style or with a ph, or is it like the the Spanish telephone? It's spelled T H T H E L E F O N. Wait, T H E like telephone? Like yeah, like telephone. But I'm assuming it's pronounced telephone. What the hell? Yeah. So there there you go. That's their cover of White Riot. Solid stuff, man. Okay, now we got one. I got one more. One more for you, Jeff. This one, I know you're a sucker for these. You're a sucker for these acoustics. <laughs> so uh, this is some old old dude in his little library um, playing a very very nice sounding acoustic guitar. So here's uh, here's his version of uh, Why Riot. Rock and roll. <laughs> from uh, Danny McAvoy posted just a year ago 340 Ooh. views yeah and um, his, his uh, YouTube channel is called The Walrus Was Danny so uh, <laughs> so go check it out I guess if you like that I thought that was a cool cover that is alright dude come on this is like right up your alley this is everything you love about covers right there nah it was okay it was too loud it was too it was too intense and it was too like like he had a stroke and he was just like, uh, 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 like uh, what do you think the clash version sounds like well i don't want to hear the clash version that's the point well even the rage version you can barely understand what zach's saying well because he's just screaming he's not slurring his words he's just screaming they're they're slur screams that's what they are <laughs> slurines slurines <laughs> they're slurines they're <laughs> <laughs> scurred they're scurs they're scurs yeah no nah, it was slurines okay. better. it was it was it was it was all right it was yeah Okay, man. You just you can never be pleased, I guess. I can't. It's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Well, that was the I last know. cover. That was the last cover I have. And um, I guess that that's we can end it with our MVP of this song, of the Rage version. Who's our MVP out of the four? Um, I'm probably just gonna say it's uh, it's Timmy C. Everyone else is kind of whatever's, but um, yeah, you're right. Huge shout out to uh, to B Dubs for for getting on the mic. For those backies, <laughs> got some some harms on those backies. That's funny because like I didn't I didn't even like put it together until you said it, and then I realized like holy shit, he was like leaning over singing. Yeah, weird. Stupid. Never seen them <laughs> seen him do that. For all for 
I mean, just of all songs to do backups on, that's this one. But good for him. Good for B-dubs. Yeah, Timmy C for me. Timmy C. I got Tom Morello. Timmy C is a, is a close close one, but I like Tom Morello's stupid guitar solo. That that sold me. His guitar tone sounded great. He his riff the the riff sounded great, and that solo man, it was just just dumb enough to work. It was great. I loved it. Typical Morello, right? Typical there. Morello. Ah, <sighs> typical Tom. Typical Morello. What sounds better? Typical Tom. Typical Tom sounds better. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for uh, for Rage Against the Pod. Unless you got anything else to say. I know. All good. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, Rage Against the Pod. And check us out for uh, for the next episode. I don't know what we're doing next. But go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media uh, at Rage Against the Pod. Thank you for listening if you even got this far. And uh, send us hate mail uh, because we talk shit on The Clash. <laughs>